Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. WFAN, WFAN-FM, New York, a radio.com station. It's Sunday morning on the fan. And good morning, everybody. This is Bob Salter. We're with you between now and 8 o'clock this morning. Yes! Yeah, it's a full show. How the heck did that happen two weeks in a row? Hmm. Tell you, you never know what's going to happen around this place. Well, we've got a program that is going to be a doozy of a discussion today. We always like when we have guests in studio. Doesn't happen often enough on this program. And our topic today is Project Pawn. Now, some of you are saying, what? Project Pawn? What's Project Pawn all about? Well, you're going to learn over the next couple of hours, and I think you're going to be amazed by some of the things that you are going to hear because we have the co-founders of Project Pawn in studio with us, Chris Johnson and Abdul Suleiman, um, are both in studio with us on our program today. First of all, it's nice to have both of you join us. Thank you uh, for having us. Thanks, Bob. Thanks definitely for having us. And good morning to you. Um, there's so many areas to go in this discussion. You know, I don't like to give an awful lot away in introducing people because it's part of the mystery, hopefully, surrounding this program. you got to learn to tease every once in a while. So I'll ask the open-ended question to start us off, and either one of you can take it. What is Project Pawn? So... Project Pawn is an organization that started about five years ago, and we use chess as a vehicle for mental health and to help kids make positive, informed, smart decisions in life. We started five years ago, and Abdul and I, we both played on the same chess team as children, and chess really helped us, helped shape us as adults, and we just felt like it was important to give that back to the youth, inner city youth of New York City and beyond. Now, you say you both played on the same chess team. Yes. children. When were you introduced to chess? Um, I was introduced to chess uh, when I was in the fifth grade. Uh, Chris was already on the team, you know, uh, probably the best player at the time. And uh, it was an elementary school or middle school. And um, it was something that I was curious about because um, I used to see the chess team travel um, from state to state, and I was curious to know where you guys going, and 
why did you get to leave school? And, <laughs> and uh, you know, I would, I would ask Chris, I'm like, Chris, hey, what's all this about? And he's like, you know, well, this is the chess team, you know. We, you just got to learn this game, and, you, you know, you get, to, you get to come with us. <laughs> so I was like, all right, cool, like, sign me up. You know, so I started to go to uh, the, um, the, the practices in the morning, and I started to learn how to play. And I was very intrigued by the game, and it, it, and it caught me right away. What intrigued you? Um, what intrigued me was uh, the the problem solving, right? So uh, as I learned how to move the pieces, I'm like, okay, I got this. But then when it started to get into strategy and um, the three parts of the game, the opening, um, the middle, and the end game, trying to actually win the game and um, put my opponent's king in checkmate, I couldn't figure it out right away. So I was like, wow, this is a problem that it's not easy to solve as you get better and better and as you play against opponents that are actually really good. So it was a it was something that I felt like was limitless as far as knowledge. And I just wanted to keep learning and keep getting better. Chris, when were you introduced? Uh, I was introduced at six years old for similar reasons. My friend was going to North Carolina to play in the National Chess Championship. And I wanted to know, you know, how I can get to travel. He told me the same thing. And for me... I was trying to get in when I was in kindergarten, but the coach said I was too young, and I could I had to wait. wait <laughs> and so, you were trying to get in when you were in kindergarten. Yeah, yeah, five years old. <laughs> and she said I had to wait. Um, and that first year of kindergarten, my grades were really good. I was known as a good kid, a good mm-hmm. student. And so she sought me out when I got to first grade, and um, I was able to join the team. Uh, what got me, what, what kept me playing was, you know, my school was K to eight. So I would join the club, there's sixth graders, seventh graders, eighth graders, and they would beat me and laugh at me and, you know, but on the way giving me pointers. But I would always go home and I just couldn't wait for the day that I can finally beat one of those players on my team. And I finally did. And then from there, I just, I was just hooked and I just kept playing and playing. And then went from, all right, let me beat everyone on my team to let me beat everyone in the school district to let me beat everyone in the Bronx. And now I want to beat everyone in America. So it just, it just kind of, it was a very fun way for me to compete, and I got I got sucked in. I was I didn't even realize it until years later. Geographically, where were you growing up? Uh, I grew up in the Bronx, New York. Where in the Bronx? The West Bronx. So River Park Towers is where we grew up. Uh, we lived in the same building. Uh, four, he was four floors above me, and as kids, we were very close friends, and we played. We you know hung out a lot. I would go on family trips with him and things like that, and so. This is even bigger than than chess in that sense. Now, some people are probably thinking, wait a minute, from the Bronx, they're into chess. How do you break down some of those immediate stereotypes that people may have? Well, when you think about chess, you don't think about uh, inner city. You don't think about uh, underprivileged children. You don't think about, you know, neighborhoods that are considered rough, right? You think of a... Think of it as a privileged game, right? Mm. And, um, you know, we, fortunate enough, we had that in our schools without even understanding the power. So, you know, when we tell people we're from the Bronx, when we tell people we're from the, you know, a really rough neighborhood, and we tell people we're chess, uh, chess instructors or we have a foundation or a company about chess, you know, it definitely throws people for a loop, but it's also intriguing as well because they're like, wow, you guys really competed, you know, and it's a lot of kids in the inner city that's like that as well. And, um, you know, our job is to to break down those barriers and those stereotypes that, 
you know, you don't have to be from a privileged neighborhood to be a really good chess player. When you started this venture, what expectations did you have? We we wanted to take it worldwide and be in every country within a year or two. And, you know, the the, the huge big dream. Um, <laughs> not, not hoping for too much. Take it worldwide and be in every country in a year or two. In a year, right away, out the gate. <laughs> You know, they say they say dream big, but um, honestly, we at first just wanted to inspire the kids within our immediate community, and then from there build and and get into other schools in the Bronx, and then kind of spread through the city. And um, we have done that, and within about within the five years, we have got, gone through every borough, and including Jersey. We had a school in Jersey for a while too. Um, but yeah, that was that was our expectation, and it didn't start it didn't start off as well as we intended immediately. It took some time, as everything does, uh, but it was definitely worth it. What were you up against when you started? In terms of, was there any pushback or resistance? Um, we're a new company, you know, just like any new business, uh, you have to prove yourself. So um, a lot of people were sold on the idea of chess, but you know, didn't want to invest in it. You know, so uh, when we first started, we offered a lot of volunteer work, a lot of free work, because we believed in our product and we wanted people to know that, you know, it's, it's really, yes, we want to make money, but it wasn't really just about the money with us. It was about the impact. And we would tell schools, we would tell organizations, you know, just give us a classroom, give us 20 to 30 kids and watch, you know, and we would do it. And, um, and we saw that. It worked when we uh, actually had one one school. It was a Brooklyn high school. And um, the principal purposely put, she selected 20 kids. And a few of them had, like, open cases. A few of them were, like, you know, really good academically. And she put us in a room with them. And you could not tell who was who once we started teaching chess. So um, that right there let us know that, okay, this is going to work. And if you give us an opportunity... We'll kick the door down, and we'll definitely show you how powerful chess is. Mm. And in terms of school administrators, principals, and the like, receptive or not? They were very uh, receptive of it because um, they liked the idea of chess and what it did, what it brought academically as well to Mm -hmm. their school. So uh, besides it being a board game, um, you know, there's plenty of statistics and analytics that show that chess improves uh, problem-solving skills, uh, math skills, uh, math scores, actually, um, comprehensive um, reading, and it, it shows. So right away, print, uh, educators thought, like, okay, this is a extracurricular activity I can bring in that's actually going to help improve my kids um, and their academics. Hmm. Interesting discussion we're having about the topic of Project Pawn. In studio with us, two guests, the co-founders of uh, Project Pawn, Abdul Suleiman, and also uh, Chris Johnson in studio. Uh, Chris is um, president, co-founder. Abdul is um, chief executive officer, uh, chairman, and co-founder of Project Pawn. We'll talk more about uh, Project Pawn, get into um, some other experiences that you've had along the way. 
and perhaps some ways that some of the people listening to us can be supportive of your efforts as well as we continue on our program on The Fan this morning. It's Sunday morning on The Fan. Good morning, everybody. This is Bob Solter. We're in a discussion talking about the work of Project Pawn on our program. In studio with us, Coach Jay, Chris Johnson. You like that, huh? Coach yeah, I like Jay? that. I might, yeah, run, I might like, run with that. Yeah, okay. <laughs> right. And Abdul Suleiman uh, talking with us. Um, they're the co-founders of Project Pawn and uh, sharing some information uh, about Project Pawn. Always important. We'll do this a couple of different times. How do people reach you on the web? How can they find out more about Project Pawn? Um, our website is uh, projectpawngroup.com. That's www.projectpawngroup.com. And you can uh, just be updated with all our information there. Um, our, our Instagram also is Project Pawn NYC. So it's Project Pawn NYC for our Instagram. Now you got to be on social media. Yep. Got to <laughs> be there. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. Now, a couple of thoughts. One, when we're talking about dealing with kids from the inner city, what's it like when you take somebody who has – the thought I was having during – Dave's update is, you have a kid who's never left the part of the borough where they grew up, okay? Whether it's that boogie down Bronx, it's Brooklyn, Queens, another part of New York City. They're traveling, not just outside their borough. They're leaving New York City. They're going to another state, What's it like? How do they react? Well, uh, I've been on a lot of, I've been coaching a lot of different teams and that travel. Uh, the first, the first tra- time a kid travels to a different state and we're staying in a hotel and uh, we, we, we go to the nice restaurants, you know, the experience is, is very nice. The first thing they say is, wow. Like they just stop in the hotel lobby and they're just looking around like, wow, look at this place. You know, then they start, oh, we're gonna, I'm going to go to the pool. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. Well, hold on, hold on. We're here for chess. <laughs> this is a chess tournament. It, it, the pool looks nice, but it won't be, we won't be doing any swimming. But it's a really good experience for kids. It helps them see that the world is bigger than their neighborhood. Mm. Uh, they're always amazed. They, they always want to come back, which makes them want to work harder to make the cut again. Uh, but it's a very good experience for them. And, you know, as kids, we, we had that same experience, you know. What has surprised you most about some of the kids that you've worked with? Um, what, what surprised us the most about our kids is them believing in themselves. Most of the time when, when kids first start playing chess, they're very doubtful. They're not as confident because it's something new. And it's something that we teach um, kids to understand their power mm. so once a kid understands their power you know just the idea i can have or or chris can have of how good they are is usually surpasses anything we think and it's incredible because once a kid's mind expands to the game it's like kind of limitless it's like they just want to keep learning and keep getting better and keep trying new things and the curiosity within it within itself is amazing all right i think i know what's meant by that phrase but this idea of understanding your power, what's really at the root of that? Well, where we come from, you know, certain neighborhoods similar to ours, kids are made to feel that they're they're not as 
good as other people mm-hmm. or not as powerful mentally as other people. Right. And so when you introduce a game like chess, where a kid can sit down, learn the game, and get good at it to the point where they're beating adults and they're beating people that they thought they would never be able to beat in a game of chess, <laughs> it just it it lets them know how powerful their mind is, and it lets them know that there's it's it's a limitless it's limitless, you know. So, you know that's that's where you know. And to piggyback off of Chris, uh, their power is their potential and their mm-hmm. purpose. Mm-hmm. So um, we all have a purpose in this world, and to discover it, we have to try different things to figure it out. So as these kids are playing chess and their personalities are displaying on a chessboard, then they start to get in tune with who I am as a person, um, how my personality displays as I play. And once they can understand that, whether they're a defensive player, whether they're an aggressive player, whether they're a very strategic person, it's going to spill out in everything they do. And once that happens, that's when they start to really take advantage of it. The whole idea of competition, and here we are, we're on the fan, okay? (laughs) It's kind of at the root of a lot of things with sports. Competition is one thing. Winning is something else in its own way. How do you, because I would imagine it's also got to at times be a tricky balance, not to get overly focused on winning, but first to be focused on putting forth your best effort and being competitive. Yes, absolutely. Um, I always teach, I always talk to kids about winning and losing. You have to be a gracious winner as well as a, a gracious loser as well. You lose a game, you don't hang your head, you shake your opponent's hand still, you be respectful. Mm-hmm. And when you win, the same deal. You're respectful, you shake your opponent's hand, you know, and it, this actually builds kids' character as well, on and off the chessboard. So uh, I think being, knowing how to win and how to lose is very important in life. And that's the very first thing that um, we talk about when we're talking with kids about chess. Competition is, uh, it's what we strive for. I've been an athlete my whole life, so I love to compete. And when I see kids compete and when I see kids lose and they get down on themselves, you know, the first message I teach them is like, okay, Let's figure out what you did wrong to become better or to win the next time. So the beauty of chess is it's not physic- a physical sport, but it is something that you compete in and it's something you can learn from. The same way athletes watch film after their games to figure out their mistakes, you, in chess you notate. You can notate your whole game. So you can actually go back move by move and go over your game and see where you made mistakes at. And that's the beauty of it because we can actually then sit down with our kids and go, okay, hey, this is where you made the mistake. So this is what we have to work on to make you a better chess player. And it shows them that they have potential to be even better and better. And and that's awesome within itself. How quick are they at learning and also adapting? So I say kids learn how the pieces move within a matter of three hours and that could be three one-hour sessions or if we have three hours with them, 
maybe even two hours, they can learn how all the pieces move. From there, there's a lot of strategy mm-hmm. that goes with it. But in order to play a full chess game and play from beginning to end and know exactly how to finish a game, I'd say it takes about two, three weeks of, of practice, which would account to maybe six to eight hours of um, actually studying and really working hard to um, get good at the game, which most people think that it takes a lot longer, which turns a lot of people off to the game as well. But when we come in and we introduce them, we show them how fast they can learn the game, it really gives kids that confidence boost. And, you know, attention span is low. Uh, The younger kids are, you know. And so when we can grab them quickly like that and show them instantly that you can – learn this game quickly, it really helps boost uh, morale within groups of people. That was a question that I had is, you know, we hear all the time about attention span being so low and, you know, if it isn't a bunch of visuals coming at them, you're going to lose them, okay? Mm -hmm. How then does chess work or is it because – they get so involved in the game. Well, on the chessboard, there's 64 squares. Mm-hmm. Each piece uh, covers a different number of squares at a time. And with all the pieces and the different positions, the different calculations you need to to have and know, um, past games that you've remembered, that you're trying to remember at the moment to help you, guide you through that game, there's a lot of things going on on the chessboard at once. And it is proven to help uh, kids with ADHD that, uh, you know, their minds are very active. It gives them something to, to sit down and wrap their minds around. It's a very complex uh, game. Computers haven't figured it out yet. Computers have figured out checkers and Connect Four and Tic-Tac-Toe, but they still haven't figured out chess. And so that just lets you know the, the infinite possibilities of a chess game. And I think that really grabs kids' attention and uh, holds it for a long time. Mm. So it's that's... Part of what the intrigue is with chess, okay? One of the things that, um, Abdul, you said when we were talking before we started the program today, is that you were in a way kind of amazed by just how many people actually play chess. Yes. So when you think about uh, people that, you think about role models, you think about athletes, you think about entertainers, you think about businessmen. Mm-hmm. You wouldn't first think they are chess players. <laughs> but why not? Okay. <laughs> See, th- this is the whole thing is why not? Which, part of this reason for our discussion today is maybe to break down some of the stereotype mm-hmm. here, okay, that people would not think that. Why don't they? I, honestly, I'm clueless as well. I think the stigma of chess is a. Uh, it's a it's a nerdy prestigious board game that you know only super smart people play, but actually it's a really good tool. It's a really good pastime for you to keep your mind active, and learning how to strategize, learning how to uh, proper planning, learning how to think ahead, uh, sacrifice, learning how to do a lot of things. So a lot of people play because they know the benefits from it, and you know just. Some of the, some of the athletes I watch, I hear them reference it in their press conferences or, you know, things like that. And I'm just like, I didn't know this person played chess, <laughs> you know. And I'm like, wow, this is more fuel for us. Like, all right, now I know we're doing the right thing because the people that most of our students or 
um, or people that come to our program Inspire to be like are actually chess players. So then when we say that to them, like, hey, do you know so-and-so is a chess player? They're like, really? Yes, you're a chess player. They're a really good chess player at that. Then it opens their minds up to even more because now it's, they feel like this is something I can relate to with other people, especially people that are doing better than me. Um, also, you know, chess is not seen on TV. You can't turn on to Channel 5 and see a, mm -hmm. a chess match. And because it's not, it's not on TV or it's not publicized as much, a lot of people just don't know that it's such a popular game. Um, and again, the stigma is around it. But I think that's the main thing. If chess was brought more to the mainstream, then many, many more people would play chess and learn it. Mm. What about the popularity of chess when you talk about the kids get older, they move on to college, they keep with the game? I can, I can speak from experience. Um, when I got to high school, um, it started to fade away from me. Um, I played a lot in elementary and middle school. But as you start to get introduced to other things, uh, sports, uh, your social life, mm -hmm. it kind of strays away because, once again, this is, a, this is a game that a lot of people don't play. So it's like, oh, it's not cool. I don't want to play chess anymore. I don't want to do it. Um, but as I got to college and as I graduated undergrad and, and graduated grad school, I was like, you know what? Like, I, I'm starting to feel like that kid in elementary school again because I realize how powerful this game is now, especially as an adult. You know, so I think that if a kid understands conceptually how good that game is, how good chess is, I think it's something that they will continuously do until they have children and pass it on to their children, until their children has children, and, you know, keep it a, a family tradition. Our guests are talking with us about Project Pawn. You want to join us in our discussion, you can. 877-337-6666 is our number at the fan. We have in studio with us um, Chris Johnson, Coach Jay, and Abdul Suleiman uh, talking with us on our program on the fan. It's Sunday morning on the fan. Good morning, everybody. This is Bob Salter. We're in a discussion talking about this uh, topic of chess. Yes, chess. Project Pawn is the uh, topic of discussion uh, development um, for young people through chess ministry, in a way. Uh, talking with our guests in studio, Chris Johnson and uh, Abdul Suleiman. Uh, they are um, both co-founders of Project Pawn and are sharing an awful lot with us in our discussion. Earlier you mentioned website. Yes, um, our website is www.projectpawngroup.com. That's projectpawngroup.com. Okay. What we'll do as well is try to work in some thoughts from some of the folks who listen to our program on uh, Sunday morning. May have been touched by some of the things that you have shared with us. 877-337-6666 is our number here at The Fan. And let's start on the phone with uh, Rob in Lake Success. Rob, good morning. Welcome to The Fan. Good, good morning, Bob. I got to tell you something. When I woke up to this uh, discussion, this is really fascinating. I played this game as a kid. In, I played in elementary school. And... It's the ultimate thinking man's game. You know, when, when, when now, and a perfect for a sports show you're talking today, where when you watch a football game, and I'm sure the gentleman will agree, and, if, and you play at a certain level of chess, it's, it's so much thinking. You're thinking three, four, five, six moves ahead, depending on how good you get, and obviously probably even longer if you get to like a chess master. When you watch football, Bob, it's the same thing. When Eli Manning goes to the line of scrimmage, 
and he's looking over the defense. He's playing chess. When the baseball managers pull a reliever and they go and they go to the bullpen, they take a reliever in, thinking righty lefty, you know, thinking this guy, you know, pitches better against this batter. This is chess. Every professional sport is really incorporated this particular thought process. Because you're just thinking ahead, and it's a, this is the most incredible game. And I'm disagreeing with you guys. I, I mean, I learned as a kid with all the games now, Bob. As far as with the kids playing with video games, I mean, not just using your fingers and you know, it's, there's a lot of hand-eye coordination. I get that to some extent. I don't, I don't do any of that nonsense. But the game of chess has been around for hundreds of years, and it's the ultimate battle of wits. I remember watching Fasty on Channel 13 when they were doing uh, uh, Barry Lyman. I guess he was Shelby Lyman was one of the things uh, on ta- television when, when Fisher went up against Fasty in the 70s. Mm-hmm. And they had this um, this other tournament. The American kid, I think, lost. I followed it. I mean, he lost in like sudden death, which I think is like a shootout in the NHL now. They played, I guess, a quick moves or something. But I give these guys a lot of credit um, because with with the youth of today. They, nowadays, all they, they want to do is they, they don't want to think. They just want immediate gratification, and they play video games and sit on the computer. This is the ultimate game, I think, for, for thinking and planning, and it can be carried on in, into all aspects of life. And, and, and for a sports station like this, it's a great thing you brought up, Bob, because we watch sports. Every coach and manager is really playing chess. All right, I'm going to Rob. Hang on for a second. I want to let our guests respond to what you said because sure. I saw some heads nodding as you were talking, Coach Jay. Uh, well, thank you for calling. Uh, I agree wholeheartedly with what he was saying. <laughs> Gee, I thought <laughs> First you might. Of all. <laughs> um, but with, with kids, even with kids that are um, playing other sports, basketball, they may be on a baseball team, football team. Always use different analogies to to bring those two worlds together, and chess is much like football, basketball, any exactly. sport. Yeah, any sport that you play. Um, the the biggest, the closest analogy for me to me would be football, because like you said, right. Eli Manning every, would be every, every play is a move. Every play is like a move. Exactly. Like, you know, the coach sends the play in, and he's out thinking the other man, the other coach, yep. or even the quarterback who basically I'm using email. He'll get up there and he'll spend his 15 seconds looking at the line of scrimmage. And I'll see what the defense is doing. He's playing chess with them. Yep. He's doing exa- and this is thinking. And obviously, it's eleven on eleven in one respect. But it's 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 such an incredible game. It's such a hard game. And when you play it correctly, you know, games can go on for you know an hour and a half. You know, I mean, I, you know, I guess you know the, the tournament you're talking about, the World Championships. Those guys get a certain amount of time. It's like three hour games or whatever. But even a good two good players sitting there. Thinking, you know, and planning a move, it could take you 10, 15 minutes to figure out what the guy's, other guy's going to do because you're thinking always ahead. Just a fascinating topic, Bob, and I want to relate it into the world of today with professional sports because I don't know how people look at chess. It's, it, it, as a sport, I think it's more of a, uh, it's a game, but it, 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 it's, it's a mental game. And it probably, when you play it correctly, your brain is fried. Guys, thanks for the time, man. I really enjoy. I really enjoy the topic. Thank, Thank you. you. Thank you for Thank your you. call this morning. Did you want to jump in, Abdul? Uh, yeah. Uh, thanks, Rob, uh, for calling in on uh, your testimony of even playing and understanding the power of chess, um, sports, uh, a board game. It's all a strategy, and the more you, the more ability and more chances you get to practice a strategy and think 
three, four, five moves ahead of the opposition is the better you'll be and the, the faster you'll be at getting to your destination. So thank you for sharing that because we always make those parallels with a lot of our kids. A lot of our kids are athletes. They play sports. And we tell them there's a direct correlation between being a really great athlete and knowing how to play chess and knowing how to think a few moves ahead. Back to the phones we go. 877-337-6666 is our phone number. Two, Patrick in Old Bridge, New Jersey. Patrick, good morning. Welcome to the fan. Good morning. Thank you. Um, I just wanted to talk about uh, the inclusiveness of chess and how, um, as a sport, uh, chess is something that uh, can be played at uh, like a very wide myriad of levels. Um, and it doesn't matter uh, if you're a complete novice or if you're a seasoned master. There's always going to be people at your level that you can play with. And the game grows and ages very well with you uh, as you progress through your life and you know, through your development. Uh, I remember when I was in elementary school, you know, just learning the game. Um, it was, you know, something we could do on a rainy day when we couldn't go outside for recess um, and, you know, all just be terrible players playing together and growing and learning and interacting. But then <laughs> getting older, playing on the chess team, playing in tournaments, um, there's always somebody at your level. There's always somewhere to go. You'll never master the game. It, it can be a lifelong pursuit that has, you know, numerous physical and um, mental advantages for you. Yeah, that's that's very very true. Um, chess is is just one of those games that really makes you ha- have to sit down and focus for a long period of time. And you know, going to what you were saying about the different levels, you have kids that go to these tournaments and they're beating up on guys that have been playing chess for longer than they've been alive, 30, 40 years. Um, and as, also, as you said, you can always find someone on your level. When you go online, you can, you, there's always someone that you can play on your level. And as you also said, you can be the worst chess player. If you're playing against someone who's just as bad as you, you'll have a good game, you'll have a good match. And if you're a really strong player and you find that a person that's just as strong as you, you'll have an entertaining game as well. And uh, chess is one of those games that I-, I think it's a sport because it does take physical preparation to, to really, really excel at the game. And, y- you know, because of that, the there are many different, um, excuse me, there are many different uh, ways to to use chess in, in life. And kids, well, sorry, excuse me. Uh, as you get older, chess, you can play chess when you're 80, 90 years old. That's something that you can't do with other games, other sports. Yeah, and, and you spoke of community and skill level. The beautiful thing about chess is you can feel accepted in your group um, according to your skill level, right? So you can meet people in the world or online that are at your level. You can study the game. You can get better with them. And what it also does for families as well as you, you speak, you spoke on pastime, uh, grandparents playing with their grandchildren or dads and moms playing with their kids. It's an awesome gift and tool for families to come closer together, uh, especially during the season is holiday season. And it challenge, it challenges the mind. So it's incredible that, um, Chess is there. It's incredible that it's so many levels. So you don't have to feel like, oh, I can't beat this player. So I'm not good or I'm not accepted. You can feel you can get acceptance depending on the level you're on. And it and it and, and it boosts this and it boosts so much confidence in our players and our students as well. 
And there's also a very large physical demand playing the game. Um, Bobby Fischer, when he was playing in the, in the 60s and 70s, uh, prized his physical fitness uh, as a uh, tool that he could use over the chessboard because when you're sitting there for, for five, six hours, uh, it doesn't just drain your mind. It can also uh, you know, start to impact your body heavily. Um, so being you know, a swimmer, being a runner, keeping um, you know, in good shape uh, helped him tremendously. Uh, the current world champion, Magnus Carlsen, likes to play these games that are long drawn out and uh they become these battles of attrition not only for mind and um and willpower but also uh physical endurance you see that they're physically exhausted after some of these games patrick yeah. want to thank you very much for your call this morning and sharing the insights that you have on uh, the game of chess too ready oh thank you so much for having me thanks patrick Next up, we go to uh, Mike in Hartsdale, uh, who has joined us at 877-337-6666. Mike, thanks for holding on. Welcome to the fan. Uh, sure. Good morning, guys. Good morning. Um, I've been uh, coaching and playing chess for 27 years, and I woke up this morning thought I was in a dream. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I, I, I call the station all the time to complain about the New York Mets, but um, <laughs> you guys have no idea the work you're doing, especially for kids. Uh it is, without question, the most universal way to communicate that I've ever done with my life. Uh, yesterday, I'm playing an, up in Norwalk in a tournament against a nine-year-old kid fighting for my life <laughs> to make a draw, you know, with seconds on my clock. So all the drama, all the education, all the correlation to sports that you guys are talking about, it is 100% true. You guys are doing a fantastic job, especially with the kids. Thanks, Mike. Thank uh, we appreciate that, and thank you for your service as well, being a coach and playing for so long. You know, it definitely gives us, uh, me and Chris, something to look forward to as we get older, uh, to pass down the knowledge to generations and also to see our students in the future as they become adults and, and tell us how much chess has impacted them. So we realize the, uh, the ability and the power of the game, just like yourself and other callers, and we hope this is something that we can expand, we can bring um, definitely back to our communities and get more people involved with helping us uh, make this project grow. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, before I hang up, I also want to touch on the point that you guys said earlier about notating, writing down the moves to the game. Uh, so when these kids get done playing, there's a recorded history of what they did, right? So when they come back into a team room and sit down with a coach, there's nowhere to run. They basically have a recorded history of what they did. So when they're talking to a coach, you have to make eye contact. You have to talk about what you were thinking about. And there are really no excuses. So you learn how to win and lose without any interference, without any excuse at all. And, and more importantly, you have to shake hands the same way you did when you started the game as the way you finish. And I, I know hearing your voices that you guys teach that to the kids. So just keep up the good work. What a great topic. Thanks, Mike. Thank you. Thank Take you. care. Thank bye you bye. for your call this morning. Next up, we go to Caitlin in Great Neck. Caitlin, good morning. Welcome to the fan. Good morning. I'm so excited about this topic. I was just putzing around, and I, and I'm, I'm, I can't believe that, you know, this actual project exists. Anyway, I have two questions for you guys. Um, the first is I have uh, two really young kids, um, six and eight, and one of them has ADHD, and I wanted to know how you go about teaching a child with ADHD chess. And the next question is um, how do you teach children, you know, really young children chess? And how do we, and could you repeat your um, 
website so I can get in contact with you guys. All right. Well, thank thank you for calling. Uh, the website is projectpawngroup.com, projectpawngroup.com. And uh, to answer your first question, uh, anyone that has a- any child that has ADHD, I would teach them the same way I teach others. I would just also, I would, you know, take into consideration that their attention span may be a little shorter. So I would give it to them in smaller doses or smaller chunks. But um, mainly the instruction for kids with ADHD is the same as um, a kid that's not diagnosed. Uh, good morning, Caitlin. Um, and to answer your second question, um, how do we teach kids chess? Um, we teach it in a very fun and a very uh, exciting way through mentoring. So as we teach the pieces, we like to make parallels depending on how young the child is. You know, we might introduce the king as the dad or the granddad or, or, or the queen as the mom or the grandmother and the pawns or as the, the siblings, you know. And so we just try to make it like story time or something that the kids can relate to right away okay. just so they can retain the information. And then as they grow and as as we see the advancement, then that's when we kind of, you know, uh, teach them back into like a regular flow of just, okay, this is the piece, this is how it moves, um, this is what the strategy does. But definitely an introduction. We try to make it as entertaining and gravitating as possible. Um, I don't ch- play chess, but you guys have certainly inspired me to go grab a book or find a group so I can learn myself. So thank you very much for this program. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Have a good one. You, thank too. you too. Thank you for your patience on the phone as well. 877-337-6666 is our number. You want to join us in the next hour of our program. Our guests aren't going anywhere. We're talking about this topic of Project Pawn, the website Project Pawn Group. That's all as one word, dot com. And uh, that's their website. In studio with us, Coach J, Chris Johnson, Abdul Suleiman. Uh, they are co-founders of Project Pawn and are sharing with us in our discussion, talking about this uh, topic. Well, I believe, hopefully have a um, phone guest or two join us as well. In the course of our discussion, we move into hour two of our program. We're with you until 8 this morning when the Sports Edge happens after our 8 o'clock update. By the way, guys, that's a program that's geared toward coaches and parents of kids that are involved in youth sports. Wow. (laughs) So we may have some very interesting callers as well in the next hour of our program. Very good start to the show uh, today. We've got a lot more to get to on our program this Sunday morning. WFAN, WFAN-FM, New York, a radio.com station. Oh, he picked up on it. There we go. Well, good morning, everybody. This is Bob Salter. We are in a discussion about Project Pawn on our program. Website we mentioned earlier, Project Pawn Group. That's all as one word, dot com. In studio with us, guests from Project Pawn, the co-founders, Abdul Suleiman, and um, Chris Johnson, Coach Jay, uh, they are um, sharing information with us on our program. Talking about this um, project, what this has been like, you know, we've had some interesting thoughts and comments from some of the folks listening to us as well. And we'll uh, try to work in some more thoughts from folks who are uh, listening to this discussion today because I think there are things that you're bringing up that's can certainly touch um, a chord with 
folks who listen to our program and listen to the fan. Um, our number is 877-337-6666. That's our number here at WFAN. This idea of um, character building I want to go back to because this is something I was thinking about during the entire hour. And thinking about, you know, it's one thing with chess and um, mastering some of the skills associated with that. But this kind of goes back to the idea that one of our callers brought up, this whole idea of, and you had touched upon this earlier too, Chris, learning the values associated with not only winning but losing, okay, because you don't always win in life. But the whole idea of knowing who you are, knowing what you're about, knowing what you really can do, because this can be applied to things, obviously, besides chess, and make the individual so much more powerful, I would think. Am I wrong about that? Correct. Um, identity is so important. Um, a lot of us, it takes time for us to figure out who we, who are. we are. Exactly. And chess I'm is... I'm still trying to work on that. <laughs> <laughs> Same here, Bob. And chess is one of those tools that allows you to see who you are without even speaking. Mm. So I think that within itself has so much power because as we develop our youth, um, you know, as we try to spark the minds of the next generation, they have to know who they are. And to know if you're an aggressive person, uh, to know if you have traumas from your community, to know if you're a person that's very reserved, you will see that as you play and as you study chess because you will start to pick up on habits, whether they're good or bad. And to identify those is to know yourself like, hey, you know what, I'm really, really bad at defense. I'm really, really good at putting pressure on my opponent. And you'll see it in life. You'll see it in the classroom. You'll see it at work. You'll see it as you grow. So it's extremely important for us to make sure that we're delivering that message to our students to figure out who you are. Identify yourself because it's going to help us as coaches. It's going to help us in the program because then we know what to work on with you and to help you reach your potential. I'm thinking back to problems I've had going to my left at times in basketball. Okay, you just, you just <laughs> popped that into my head by something that you said. The idea of you know, chess can be played by anybody at any age. All right, let me throw out something here. What about the idea of picking up the game later in life? Chess is definitely easier to pick up and learn as a youth as you get older, your brain gets filled with all these different things, you know, paying bills, relationships, if you have kids, et cetera. And it, it becomes more difficult to learn the game. Of course, it's not impossible. It's totally doable, but it's easier to do as a kid because your mind is a sponge and there's less things in your brain to remember. And so chess is a lot easier to grasp at an early age. When we look at a game like chess, has there been any examination of chess being used by people who are dealing with some of the neurological conditions? You know, things like Alzheimer's, dementia, things like that. 
Well, yeah, chess has been proven to slow down the effects of Alzheimer's and dementia. That's interesting. And even in some cases prevent it, not not fully, but if you're a chess player, more than likely you, you won't suffer from Alzheimer's or dementia. You're using your mind, in other words. Yeah, you're using your mind enough, you're exercising it enough to mm-hmm. where um, those, those conditions don't um, affect you mm-hmm. later on. Mm-hmm. Interesting. When you talk about Project Pawn and talk about what you see as your vision, for lack of a better term, how do you define exactly what that is? Um, our vision, <clears throat> excuse me, our vision for Project Pawn is teaching the world, starting with our youth, to see the end result and to work backwards. Um, knowing where you want to go, knowing what your ultimate goal is in life. Um, and as we do that, you know, we're on a path of deciding what we want to do. So if we can teach to use the mind to figure out the end game, right, in chess, which is checkmate, uh, figuring out the end game, it teaches us to plan, to strategically make moves to get to that destination. And we won't just be moving recklessly. We'll be moving with purpose. And in life, you know, whether spiritually, whether it's just on a day-to-day, purpose is very important. So as we, the vision for Project Pond is to be worldwide and to impact people in a way where they know, okay, this is what I want to do. This is who I am, not just on a chessboard, but in life. And how am I going to get there? And I'm going to use all of the tools I've learned. I'm going to learn how to strategize. I'm going to learn how to problem solve, how to critically think, how to win, how to lose, how, how not to be down on myself when I make a mistake, um, and how to keep pushing forward. As they do those skills, the vision is for them to just get it done, to finish the race, to finish the game. I'm going to ask something based on what you just said. Because I thought of this in the first hour, but touched a chord with what you just said. Is there a spiritual side to chess? Uh, depending on a person and their belief, um, I think there is. What about you? I, it is for me, definitely. Um, I think uh, spirituality is very important for me, and um, it ties into purpose, and it it ties into uh, making the world a better place, loving and just influencing the earth, period, taking care of the world. And I think chess helps me with my thoughts, with my moves, how I see people, how I see just the world, and how I calculate and how I move. So from a spiritual standpoint, it helps me because it's self-identifying and it teaches me on a spiritual level who I am. And we would love for people to take that as well. Um, I can't say that's going to happen for everyone. But as I play more, as I learn more, it helps me get in tune with who I am as a person and it helps me grow spiritually. Does it keep you grounded? Very grounded. Because uh, when I play, it what it really does is it clears my mind from anything else that's going on, mm. you know. So the same as prayer, um, the same as, you know, like when I work out or play basketball, things that help me clear my mind. Chess is one of those things because you can't really focus on anything else when you're playing because your mind is thinking about the game you're thinking about. You're calculating moves. So it puts you in this place of solitude where you're like, all right, this is the only thing I'm thinking about. It's kind of like a form of meditation on a board. This is the only thing I can focus on. I can't focus on anything else. What about you, Chris? The same same here. When I'm happy, I play chess. When I'm 
down I play chess. <laughs> when I'm sad I play chess, you know. It it does give you that mental um stability. When I'm playing a chess game, that's all I'm thinking about. And when I'm at a tournament and I like, competing at a high level, I don't know, I just get this feeling that everything it everything is right. Like all my problems go away, you know, for that time. And then when I go back to whatever issues I may have at the moment, uh come back to with a clearer head, a clearer mind, I'm able to uh navigate in, in, in that regard in, in those realms so chess definitely helps me in that way and it also helps connect with other people because when you're playing a chess game you have to always think about what your opponent's doing so you have to kind of get into other people's heads during a chess game mm-hmm. and that can also help you in social settings where you know a person may act a certain way towards you or say something that you may not like but you know, being able to get into that person's mind and figure out why why did they say that or why are they acting like that toward me, it, it's very, very helpful. So chess chess is another um, way to to do that, to get into other people's minds and, and kind of empathize and, and understand people. And when you understand people, you can connect with them a lot more. Mm. One thing we mentioned at – it was mentioned kind of – briefly at the beginning of our discussion. There's people who have just joined us in our chat today talking about uh, Project Pawn. Geographically, where do you serve? Where, I mean, you'd love to be worldwide, I understand. Okay, Each of you have mentioned that. Okay. <laughs> we, we got the hint on that. But where have you served sir, so far geographically? We've done most of our work in the boroughs. So uh, we started off in the Bronx. So we've done a lot of work in the Bronx, um, a lot of work in Manhattan and Queens and Brooklyn. Um, we've done work in Jersey as well. So um, mainly the tri-state. Um, we're a mobile business now. The vision is to open up a center. Uh, but as of right now, we travel. So if there was someone that, was, that wanted our program in their schools, we have instructors all over the tri-state where we can implement this program. Very interesting. And people could reach you through that uh, website that you mentioned earlier? Yep. ProjectPawnGroup.com. That's www.ProjectPawnPawn, Group, G-R-O-U-P.com. Okay. We'll talk more and um, hopefully work in some more thoughts from some of the folks listening to us as we continue in this discussion. Our guests are from Project Pawn. They are uh, joining us on our program. 877-337-6666 is our number here at The Fan. After our 8 o'clock update, Rick Wolf was along with the Sports Edge program. And speaking of football, Football Sunday program happens after our 9 o'clock update. Malusis and Deal. Oh, I never miss that show. And you know, the other thing about that, if you have not yet downloaded that Radio.com app, that's something you should do. Have that handy. So even if you venture away from the quote-unquote traditional radio, you can listen to them right there on the app. It's Sunday morning on The Fan. After our 8 o'clock update, Rick Wolf was along with the Sports Edge program. And as you've been hearing, Malusis and Deal follow our 9 o'clock update with the Football Sunday program on WFAN. And this, of course, is a big football Sunday. As a matter of fact, Giants on The Fan among the activity uh, today. Don't want to go anywhere. We are in a discussion on uh, our program talking about the work of Project Pawn. Two guests have been in studio with us since we started our program at uh, 6 this morning. Uh, they are the co-founders of Project Pawn, Chris Johnson, Coach J, and Abdul Suleiman. Have I been saying that right? Yeah. Okay. Because uh-huh. right. um, I tried to do it phonetically, and then I was thinking to myself, 
did I write that down correctly or did I not? Okay, so good. Uh, At least I right. got there. Okay. All right. <laughs> Um, they are both uh, talking with us about uh, Project Pawn and have shared an awful lot. Um, interestingly enough, we had some people with some listening to us who had some good points that they brought up in the first hour of our discussion. Hey, you want to join us again? You can. 877-337-6666 is our number uh, here at The Fan. One of the things that I've been thinking, and it's probably some of the people who are listening to us have been thinking this too as we've been talking, for the two of you, each of you, what do you get out of this experience? Well, um, I've been playing chess since six years old, as I said earlier. Mm-hmm. And just the my experience from playing chess and traveling and uh, getting all the different accolades from it that I've gotten and being able to pass that on to kids who, you know, would love to compete but may not be the fastest kid in, in the neighborhood or the tallest kid. You know, seeing those kids being able to compete in something that they can get a reward from and seeing those kids being able to travel to different places and meet different people. We've met many celebrities uh, through our travels playing chess and just to see the 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 satisfaction from the kids and the parents and showing them that there's a world bigger than their neighborhood Mm. is is what I get the most out of um, doing this program. Yeah, and what I get out of it is... um a sense of purpose, uh, a sense of helping a kid expand their mind uh, to see the world bigger than what it is, regardless of their circumstance and what they're going through. As I And I also get uh, kids feeling of a sense of an outlet, uh, a place to escape. Um, and that's incredible for me because um, I'm, I feel like I'm being used to help spark the next mind of, uh, of the generations or just fulfill my purpose on this earth. What's we're curious about that, I'm sure some of the people listening to us are too. Um, and thank you both for sharing that with us. You know, I said what we'll try to do in addition to talking with some of the folks listening to us is to also try to work in some folks that you've worked with. Um, one of those individuals is actually on the line, uh, joining us at this uh, early hour on a Sunday morning, I'm sure, for him. Um would you introduce? So, Bruinton Hardaway is um, one of my first students who got really, really good at the game of chess. He's won uh, state championships. Uh, he's played. He's placed in the top five in the nation for his age. He's currently the second highest rated player in the country for his age. He just went to... Brazil this past oh excuse me India this past uh summer this past November and previously Brazil to play for the US team so this kid was on the US team uh very very bright kid very into chess um and he's 9 years old what eight years old. he's 9 years old he went to Brazil and India yes 9 years old Brian he's 9 years old I've never been uh, to those countries. Uh, <laughs> Brazil and India. And I'm 36. Oh, my goodness. I'm a lot older than that. But still, I mean, wow. Yeah, very, very, very uh, fulfilling to work with that kid. And he actually pushed my, my um, practice as a coach as well because, uh, you know, I had I had my curriculum of what I taught kids. Mm. But then when you get a kid like Bruinton, he like mm. – bust through your whole curriculum you, you can't even use it anymore you got to go home and 
and create some new stuff ah. just for this kid. So he definitely pushed my my practice as a coach. And as and as many kids that have done that, and I enjoy that too. You know, staying up late at night till one, two in the morning, trying to find the right game or the right lesson to show him. So as much as uh, I helped him as a player, he's helped me as a coach. All right, Brewington, it's nice to have you join us on our program on The Fan. Good morning. Welcome to the show. Brewington, you there? Yeah. Okay, good morning. (laughs) Congratulations on all the uh, good things that you're doing. We hear some very good things about you. Thank you. What was the experience like with doing that traveling? Mm. Um, And nine years old? Nine years old. Turn turn yep. your radio down if you just, would, please. I could practice hard. Mm-hmm. Was it was it a fun experience for you? Yeah. Which did you like more, Brazil or India? Or did you have a favorite of the two? No, I, I guess you didn't. Them. Okay. <laughs> it was Spain instead of India. Ah, okay. Mm-hmm. So, Brunton, can you tell everyone what your what your rating is right now and what that would what that means as a chess player? What what title you have? Mm. So, what's your rating, Brunton? What's your current rating in chess? Two thousand seven. Yeah, so 2007, which means that at the age of nine, he's a chess expert, which is one step away from a chess master. So, so go ahead, sorry. How often do you play chess, Brewington? Once every week. Competing, I think he's talking about. Yeah, how often do you play, like, at home? Do you play every day? Yeah. How, mu- how much work did you have to put into becoming a, a chess expert? Hello? Brington? Whoops. All right, I think we're losing. I think we're losing Brewington, unfortunately, uh, there. But thank you very much for um, joining us, Brewington. Certainly, good luck continued with uh, your efforts in chess, and um, you certainly congratulations on all the things that you've accomplished. Sounds fascinating. I mean. It's amazing. He's nine years old. Yeah. Um, I, I have to struggle to keep up with him now. He can teach me a few things about chess, actually. <laughs> okay. Now, let me ask you a question because I'm interested in this as well. As somebody who, outside of the radio studio, part of what I do is teaching. Now, I'm not teaching nine-year-olds. <laughs> but there is a certain aspect in teaching as I guess there is in coaching. 
of how do you, or is it necessarily for you to relate to the young people you're working with? I don't, I don't think that it's 100% necessary to relate to the people you're working with, but I think it helps tremendously when you can relate to people that you do work with. Um, I can go back to my experience as a kid. Uh, we have many different chess coaches, but the, the one coach that really got me into chess, I loved the game before I started working with them, but when they started coming to our school, that's when I really, really got into chess. I couldn't wait to till lunchtime to go and uh, work with these guys because they came from the same neighborhood that we came from. They spoke the same language we spoke. And that so, means a lot, doesn't it? Yeah, it means a lot. It definitely means a lot. And again, you don't it's not the end all be all mm-hmm. to learning, but it definitely does help tremendously. Yeah, relatability to me, I think it's golden. Um because when you sit down and you start teaching kids, um, and they look at you and they can see hope or they can see a vision and you can look at them and you can see yourself. Mm. Uh, it makes things so much more easier, you know, um, you know, whether it's the way you dress, the way, the way you talk, the neighborhood you come from. Um, kids were all, as a kid, I was looking for role models, you know, so to have someone that I can look up, look up to and look at and say, hey, you know, I can relate to him a lot and he can relate to me. Um, it says a lot. It, it intrigues kids to want to learn more or to actually do what you do. You know, sometimes when I'm teaching, I'll I'll stand in the hallway and I'll I'll posture myself a certain way just to see if a kid does the same thing, and I'll look through the side of my eye and I'll see a kid <laughs> trying to stand or trying to do what I do, mimic my moves, and it also lets me know as well that these kids look up to me, you know, and that then it goes back to my you know my topic of purpose, right? You know, I'm I'm here to make an impact. We are here. Project Pond is here to make an impact on these kids, so we have to make sure that you know we're carrying a torch and we're doing our best and we're relating to them the best way we can, you know, whether it's even a dance or a show that they like to watch, you know, finding those parallels where they feel like they can, they can take it and like, okay, all right, I remember that, or I can do that. You know, um, one of our kids, uh, as far as relatability, he lives in a really rough neighborhood and, um, he castles. So if you're not a chess player, if you don't know what castling is, oh, you were talking about this before we came, we started this. Yeah. This show. So what do you mean by castling? So castling is a is a move in chess where you build a fort around your king with mm. three pawns and a rook. It's a it's a form of defense. And of one of my kids, he would castle immediately. He would he would move out his bishop, his knight, and he'll castle without even developing. And I'm you know I'd ask him like, hey, why do you do that all the time? You know why don't you come up with a strategy of developing your pieces? And he goes, you know. Uh, Mr. Abdul, when I castle, it reminds me of being in my neighborhood. It reminds me of when I see danger um, to remove myself from the danger the same way I remove the king from danger in chess. So that's something we can't teach. And we hope kids can relate their environment to the chessboard. Mm. That you can't, I mean, you, you, you can't put a price on that. No. Nope. Literally. In terms of what that's meaning for them now and the import, other thing that's real important later in life. Right. Mm-hmm. right. Because that's the, one of the big payoffs of these kids getting involved in chess at this young age of what this is going to do for them as they move on in life. And a huge thing, Bob, is I think consequence. That's one of the biggest things I think mm-hmm. our youth can take away from chess because mm-hmm. – if you think about a move and you think about the consequences of the move before you actually make the move, 
more than likely you won't make that move because you know what the outcome is. So in chess, we we teach and we mentor through consequences. You know, you can make a good move, but is that the best move for you? You know, is that throwing you off your path from getting to your objective? You know, and also protection. You, your objective is to protect your king and to attack your opponent's king. Are you protecting yourself? Are you keeping yourself out of harm's way? Are you protecting your family, your friends? It gets so deep. And, you know, these little relatability tools, it's like you said, we can't put a price tag on them. And we just want people to understand that the, the power of this game. Some of what we're talking about in the course of uh, this discussion this morning, we'll uh, move into the home stretch of our program, talking with our guests from Project Pawn. The uh, website for Project Pawn is Project Pawn Group. That's all as one word. dot com. And we'll talk more with our guests and as we move toward the uh, ramp up of our show after our eight o'clock update. It is Rick Wolf who's along with the Sports Edge program. Malusis and Deal follows the 9 o'clock update with the Football Sunday program. And, of course, football action on the fan a little bit later today with the Giants, among other activity. Don't go anywhere this Sunday morning. It's Sunday morning on the fan. And Rick Wolf's along with the Sports Edge after our 8 o'clock update. Malusis and Deal with Football Sunday after our 9 o'clock update on the fan. We're talking about Project Pawn on our program this morning. One of the things that I've been thinking about um, in this discussion, too, and you know, people join us at various points in um, discussions here. Chess, as a, um, as a game, as an event, I'll use that term. How would you describe and this is for the benefit of the people who have not been with us throughout our discussion. How would you describe what that brings out of the individual who plays? Uh, well, for me, when I'm, when I'm playing in a tournament, uh, first of all, people, people looking at a chess game, they're like, how can you play for so many hours and still be into this game? Because, you know, there's tournaments where each player has three hours on their clock. And so a game can go six hours, and you have to have the stamina, you know, to, to, you know, keep up with that. But during the game, there's just so many different things going on, and, you know, that time really flies, right? So you're sitting at the game. First, you make you don't know what your opponent's going to open with, right? So you make your first move. Mm-hmm. And as your opponent's thinking about their move, you're just sitting there like, okay, is he going to go this way? Is he going to go that way? And the whole time, your heart is just, your adrenaline is pumping. It's just, it's exciting, you know. It's, that's, that's, what, that's what it does for me. And so as throughout that whole six hours game, I, 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 it feels like it's just been a half hour, hour has just passed because there's so many things going on. You know, did he see my intentions of my last move? Do I know exactly what my opponent's trying to do? Do I have the, his thoughts or his idea completely wrong? Am I winning in this game? Am I losing this game? You know, it's just the ups and downs of, of each move is um, exciting for me. And from a spectator's uh, perspective, I think watching a game at a faster speed is more entertaining than watching a, a, a longer game. And so most people are attracted to the three-minute, the one-minute games where people are moving really fast and hitting the clock. Every time um, people talk to me about chess, they ask me, do I play with the time? And I'm like, yes, yeah, definitely. Like, I play chess, you know. 
So um, yeah, that's what it. That's the exciting part of it for me. And uh, what chess brings out is it brings out identity. It brings out creativity in a person, uh, and it brings out um, just skill. It just it it pulls out so many talents in a person that they have no idea that's probably in there. You know, it, and and as you learn how to play the game, as you learn how to strategize and and, and come up with things, you'll learn a lot about yourself. It will teach you what type of person you are in the world. It will teach you what type of person you are by yourself. Um, it would teach you how you creatively think and problem solve, how you come up with things, how you come up with solutions. Are you good at it? Do you need help at it? Um, and are you willing to make certain sacrifices or moves to get to where you need to go to? So, um, you know, if you're just tuning in with us and if you don't know what chess is or you, if you don't know what it brings out of a child, it it sparks the mind of a child. It teaches them so much more about themselves. It teaches a person, not even just a child. It teaches them identity. You can actually see who you are as you play the chessboard, as you play a chess game, and someone can actually read your personality watching you play. So uh, knowing those things, I think it's a great tool. I don't even want to call it a game. I want to call it a tool uh, to, of discovery, of learning how to uh, come up with strategies, forward thinking, and learning to have an end goal and coming up with a plan to get to that goal. Mm. Does it inspire learning? It inspires learning in so many ways, you know, and, and the great thing about chess is it has so many benefits. You know, there's been studies that shown that there's been an increase in IQ scores. There's been an increase in so many different things, uh, mathematical scores, you know, um, reading, problem solving in school. It inspires a kid to want to learn more because the game is endless you can't figure it out you know as uh chris said earlier the computers haven't even figured it out <laughs> so it's this mystery about it for people that love to learn that want to perfect or or figure things out is that it's something that you can never do so if you want to play a game if you want to do something that's gonna constantly push you to be better mm -hmm. chess is definitely that tool okay Let's go back to the phone. 877-337-6666 is our phone number here at WFAN. Let's go to uh, Donald in Milford, Connecticut. Donald, good morning. Welcome to the fan. Oh, good morning. Um, thank you all for, you know, just talking about this subject. And I wanted to, uh, you guys have covered all the benefits of it, but I wanted to bring about um, a, a point that I thought of recently about how transcendent and magical chess is in that in New York City where, I remember, you know, years ago, the musicians didn't need a permit. You didn't need a permit for, you know, the three-card Monty was everywhere. You could sell a fake purse on the side of the road. Everything's been locked down now, but you can still walk into Washington Square Park and put down five bucks out in the open and just <laughs> gamble on a game of chess. And it's just how that has transcended all the munitions and political nonsense is just beautiful. Hey, good morning. Uh, and yeah, and, and it's beneficial, right? You know, I don't think uh, it's something that's, you know, you're not going to pretty much cheat somebody out of their money or sell them a fake person. No, it's, it's yes, it, it's, I agree. It's something that's going to help the mind. It's going to spark a mind and help someone get better. So, um, you know, it's learning, you know, and it, like you said, it's amazing. You can go to parks all over the city and there'll be somebody sitting there. Uh, at a chessboard, either studying or hustling, you know, and probably trying to feed their family or probably trying to pay their bills off of $5 games or whatever it is. Um, but it's incredible because, you, like I said, you get to see that, and, and it shows the competitive spirit, especially in our city. 
it's it's a beautiful thing. It brings people, like you said, uh, of different socioeconomic um, backgrounds together, have a common ground, and I will never forget the day I won a game in the park. I did a dance. And I just wanted to <laughs> thank you, guys. <laughs> uh, thanks, man. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for your call and your patience on the phone, too, uh, Donald. 877-337-6666 is our number if you want to join us. One of the things I was thinking about um, heading into this discussion today, too, um, you know, we mentioned computers earlier. What about the technology companies? You know, I say that because um, there's a big announcement uh, earlier this week, basically about the neighborhood where we are right now, and uh, Google basically coming in and occupying a lot of real estate, literally right along Hudson Street uh, here. Um, you have other technology companies around. Have you had any um, outreach, any inklings, any interest from those com- kinds of companies about whether it's efforts to partner? Um, things like that? We haven't, but we would love the opportunity to sit down with someone from a you know a conglomerate like that and talk about the endless possibilities of you know partnering or just doing something where people can benefit from chess from a you know from a human and a technological standpoint you know um there are plenty of tools out there now where you can you know go online and play chess and learn chess uh but you know just like radio just the the human component you know it's it's needed you know so um Definitely, um, yeah, we would be 100% open to that, you know. Yeah, so that Google, be, if, Google if you're listening. You know. That would be great. Because, <laughs> <laughs> you know, you think of the way in which technology impacts our lives. And you think of how technology impacts the lives of, of young people these days. Because everybody's got a phone, okay? Um. People said earlier that, you know, they play, a lot of kids will play various games and the like. Um, But yet, they still can become fascinated with what some might see, don't be insulted by this, Mm -hmm. some might see as a fairly simple game in approach. Now, I understand the skill level different. Mm Mm-hmm. But they might see it as something simple in approach. I think, um, yes. I, as far as techno, uh, tech, I think um, Chris and I are working on something, um, whereas we can probably bring those two worlds together. Um, whereas, you know, for the gamers and the people that do like to sit on their phones all day or play video games, mm-hmm. um, we are coming up with something whereas the two can become one, you know, um, but definitely to keep the interest too as for someone playing on the board and also playing let's say on their phone or playing on their computer so just trying to keep that heart alive so someone doesn't want to play on the on a chessboard anymore and then someone doesn't just want to play on a computer i have a feeling there might be an app for that mm. <laughs> okay. um, one of the other thoughts that i've had too is about this whole idea of um, your desire to take this worldwide. 
How are you going to get there? Well, again, it starts locally, right, with our neighborhoods. And, well, the the thing about chess is you can go anywhere in the world mm-hmm. and play and pull out a chessboard and you'll have someone that can play. And that's a whole other language in itself. As Abdul said earlier, um, you you can learn a lot about a person through how they play chess. And you know, we plan on taking it worldwide by going to first going to places that are underprivileged and showing them the game of chess and, and showing them how it can help um, mentally, help them navigate through their worlds, which is probably very similar to ours, and how <clears throat> chess can help them strategically figure out ways to improve and enhance their lives. That would be the first step into, you know, going worldwide with it. And also uh, partnering with, you know, like we spoke about before, these public figures that are actual chess players, you know, uh, reaching out to them, Mm -hmm. partnering with them and maybe their organizations and, you know, just bringing the message worldwide to people that, you know, this this game is important. You know, this tool is very important, you know, and um, especially areas where, they're underprivileged, like Chris said, or there are a lot of kids, you know, just planting those seeds there and then uh, partnering with companies across the globe, which also teach chess, which also have programs similar to ours, and to give kids a different perspective of life. So if we can partner with a company in Africa somewhere, or let's say like South Africa or Nigeria, where they have a chess program, maybe we can do something where the kids can go to Nigeria and play in a tournament or the kids from Nigeria can come. You know, so just uh, crossing those paths and those cultures is also very important for us as well. Well, Someplace else for Brewington to go. (laughs) (laughs) Well, have you ever taken that moment and thought about, why hadn't anybody done this before? Well, I think people have attempted to do it. But this is something that's um, very difficult. I think it takes special people to do. It takes the person that can play chess, but that can also relate to, again, the underprivileged youth. And a lot of the coaches that, or a lot of the people that, you know, teach chess and, um, you know, move move the culture, mm-hmm. so to speak, they're, they're not too interested in, in going to these underprivileged communities and and helping these kids you know what i mean and so i just think that it hasn't it hasn't taken off yet because the people's minds are not in in that place and it, again it takes a certain type of person to be able to to make it happen mm. all right let's do website again and here's an excellent opportunity for you to invite folks who are listening to us to be part of your effort website oh, first our website is www.projectpawngroup.com that's projectpawngroup.com and um, reach out to us we are we are hungry we are very passionate about our youth and not even just in a tri-state across the globe um, we want to spark minds we want to help everyone identify who they are and um, find their purpose and we also want to teach everyone how to sh- um, how to come up with a plan and in order to do that, you know, we need to read books and we need to do things that help us. And, and certain tools like chess is one of them. So um, we'll come to you, you know, if your school is interested or if your organiz- organization is interested, uh, especially in a tri-state, you can reach out to us at uh, our, our email is projectpawnnyc at gmail.com. 
and reach out to us and, you know, we'll make it work. We'll definitely make it happen. Okay, just repeat the email address if you would. Email address again is projectpawnnyc, the letters nyc, uh, at gmail.com. Um, I wanted to say also, you know, if um, you know of any kids out there, if you have kids or nieces or nephews that um, you want them to get involved in an in after-school program where they're learning life skills and and growing as people and they're not at home playing video games all day or watching YouTube or um, learning the newest dance craze and you want them to be a part of something that is uh, that is moving at a rapid speed and being a part of a culture and a team of kids that think the same way they do or that, um, you know, just improving your kids' lives as they as they get older, reach out and we're here. We're here to help. Project Pawn Group, all as one word, dot com. Our guests from Project Pawn, Coach J, Chris Johnson, Abdul Suleiman, co-founders of Project Pawn. Thank you both. Thanks, Bob, for having us. We had Thank a great you. Time. Appreciate it. And certainly continued good luck. Congratulations on your efforts thus far, too. Thank you for joining us on our program. That is going to do it for our show this morning. Our thanks to Brian Rascona at the controls, a yeoman's effort on his part uh, today. Speaking of yeoman's efforts, after our 8 o'clock update, Rick Wolf is along with the Sports Edge program. And then things get kicked up a couple of notches after our 9 o'clock update. It's that Football Sunday program, Malusis and Deal along with that. We'll see you next Sunday morning, final show of the year, as a matter of fact. Whatever you're celebrating, certainly a happy holiday season to you and yours. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.